This is truly a random one of Uh-oh. <laughs> I spotted one thing I do want to look at, DIY Furniture 2. I enjoyed the first one. I want to see if the second one's up to scratch. You've never seen the first one. It's a lie, yeah. We're doing a little bit of a um, sort of a uh, bit of a different thing. We're not even going to say too much about it, but um, this is the Weekly Song Podcast. I'm Roger Heathers. This is the voice here. And storage. You're into design, so that probably means a lot. you have lots of shiny objects glittering around that you collected along the way. No worries, we got you covered. Strap yourself into the tension-held double X shelf designed by Naomi uh, Matsuo. I cannot pronounce that. Dust off grandma's antique dinnerware and show it off on Lolo, a Welsh dresser or China hutch for those of you west of the Atlantic. It was designed and made using only a few tools. This is an original content. And also, who are you? Who am I? <laughs> I'm Declan Kitchener. I'm reading a book on furniture and it's actually very interesting. Sorry, this is going to be very good audio. I'm just going to stop and read this for a bit. Boring. <laughs> Like schematics and designs. I'm actually really, I actually quite like it. I never knew about your uh, your love of furniture before this. My dad's a builder and he's a carpenter. Of course, I've got an interest. Have you ever built a piece of furniture before? No, but I've made the plans to. I nearly did, but I didn't have the money to source all the wood. I was going to make some CD shelves. Oh, I thought you were still going to do that for the uh, move away. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to have the time and the money to do it, but it's still on the cards. I'm just trying to work out the best design and my dad's trying to put in loads of complicated features and I'm trying to take them all back out again. Uh, I see. I think I'm getting an image of where you get your character from there. <laughs> but, yeah, basically. Um, have you spotted a book yet? I, 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 I bought a book. Well, could you talk about that for a second? Um, okay, yeah, I, I bought the new... Uh, I don't know if it's new. I bought a Yoko Ono Let's book called... Uh, <clears throat> called Acorn. It's not called Acorn, this is a picture of an acorn on the front. No, it's actually called Acorn. And it was a kind of a slight bone of contention slash funny moment with me and Declan here because um, we kind of opened it up looking to make fun of it, both of us, and then Declan started reading parts of it and uh, I kind of fell in love with the book because it's... 2013. It's so- kind of like... so four years old at this point it's kind of like from what I can tell it's a load of thought experiments or like uh, instructions of how to inspire creativity trouble is I think it's very basic well uh, some some of the best things are basic even song wise and stuff I, I mean it reminds me of um, what Father John Misty put in his uh, his second album's deluxe edition uh, Deluxe edition. Deluxe edition. He put in I Love You Honey Bear. He put in these... Um, oh, yeah. yeah. We should get our beer. We're drinking beer, guys. Um, yeah, he put in his deluxe edition like these sort of like instructions in that way, too. And I thought that was brilliant. He, I mean, with me, the thing is, like, the more artsy and weird, the more I enjoy it. And people think that's very pretentious, but I just enjoy it. And that's what art's for, right? You enjoy it. Yeah... I sort of see that, but at the same time, I've always been at the point that art should have some core meaning, if it's even if it's not immediately apparent. So I've never been a fan of like the inspiring art kind of things. So, like you know, there's this whole thing on Reddit on like this is subprompt called writing prompts, where like someone gives you a scenario, like um, you know, 
every non-disclosure agreement is now void you're a news agent trying to document the next 48 hours what on earth happens or like uh, you know everyone's got superpowers what happens in that world or something like that which is it's cool and it's a nice little shortcut but at the end of the day it's just a it's, that's what it is it's a shortcut it's a shortcut to what should be larger creativity like I mean you know from doing the podcast with me like something I'll do quite often is I'll take uh, like a line or a phrase from a book and just um, you know if it's like uh, the name Emily or something I'll just take that and I'll put that in the song wholesale just because I like the idea of taking something and reusing it yeah I've always been a bit more of the everything has to be about me kind of school which probably explains a lot <laughs> sorry I'm just going to divert a minute there is a book there called A Hundred Alien Invaders I want to see if the Daleks are in Let's there have a look it's in the science section so I doubt they will be but you know there's I mean, a picture the of an cover. owl on the front cover so you know we're, we're not in the right territory here oh I get what it is it's invaders of uh, creatures that have been introduced boring no, this is really interesting, actually. Like, because uh, it's really interesting how the ecosphere is in a delicate balance and one new creature can really upset it. It's like the bullfrog thing in America. Uh, in America? Australia. I, I think th- that's right. Well, yeah. Citation needed. I think that what we're learning here is that you're, you're I'm, much I'm more the of a sort of, like, factual, you know... I'm, I'm the master of bullshitting. <laughs> factual bullshitting. Now, that's what this episode's called. <laughs> a ruddy duck. You raggy duck with your fucking blue beak! The name of this invasive quacker sounds more like a cockney expletive than a species. <laughs> the ruddy duck is a diving duck, attractive with its blue bill and chestnut plumage. Get a hold of yourself. And it's common right through the Americas, from Alaska to the Tierra de Fuego in the forest itself. I don't know what's happened to this accent at all. It's going Bristol. Bloody Bristol. Unfortunately, birds introduced across the Atlantic escaped during World War II. They're now threatening the survival of Europe's native and endangered white-headed duck. Oh, you'll get it, ducky poos. I saw your comment on that the other day on Facebook, like the uh, anniversary of Count Duckula. I was going to tag someone in it, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to go solo on this one. <laughs> How much was that book again? Oh, I should explain. We're in Beerwolf in Falmouth. Which is a pub that serves beer and wolves. No, books. It's kind of like got like a bookshop in the middle of the pub. Wolves. It could serve wolves. We never know. We've never asked. We could go up and ask a bar member in a second. A fiver? I could have bought that a second ago. Well, before you bought beer? Yeah. I prefer uh, the beer, but I would have bought that book. Well, there's also a book here called Train. Declan likes trains. I like trains. <laughs> there goes one now. Oh, it's like a whole history of um, the railways. I uh, see my interest lies mainly in British railways. Okay. Not the company, just British railways in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what's your favourite type of um, book? Do you like fiction, non-fiction? Scripts, you know. Scripts is basically it. Like, um, you know, I, I was a drama student, so you know, you've seen the other day, like, literally half of my books are script books. Yeah. Like, it. I just like the idea of seeing this is what the person intended, and you can interpret it in so many ways. So it's like the bare bones of a story, but you can just imagine your version of it in your head. So that kind of goes contrary to your. Um 
script prompt thing in my oh sorry the like the uh, writing prompt thing in in my mind at least because yeah but the, you're interpreting it you know yeah but at the same time the thing with the script prompts is that's not it's not a narrative it's not a story it's not something to build off of it's something to make you build off of the seed what I view this is what I view scripts as, if we're continuing with this garden analogy, which I don't think we should, but if we were... I don't know, we even know we had one. Well, uh, the seed thing earlier. Oh, yeah. Mind. But um, if idea books are like a seed to grow your own idea, what I view scripts as is like a tree in a garden, and you could do everything around that garden to make it beautiful, but at the end of the day, you're still going to have to have that tree in it. So there is a story there. There is an actual intent and narrative drive. There are characters with agency who you didn't create, but it's up to you to interpret them and put your own thoughts into it. It's like reading a really good novel. You put your own imagery to the text, yeah. sort of thing, or like uh, it's like reading a really good, simply written novel. And a man with a castro has just walked by. Do you have a favorite? Um, what do you call it? Do you have a favorite fictional author? Not fictional author, a fiction author. Uh, it's Andy Bum Bum. <laughs> honestly, I'm not well read enough to judge. I like Franz Kafka. I like his sort of bleak, sort of absurdism. Yes. Because I like being a misery guts and I like weird things. But um, it's going to sound like a really cop out answer, but the other one I really like is J.K. Rowling. Just because she focuses on loads of little things that are not important but they give you a picture of the whole world so for example in Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone when you first go into Diagon Alley you get little snippets of conversation where um, you get kids saying like oh that's the Nimbus 2000 it's the fastest broom ever and you get the sensory uh, like the smell of pumpkin pies coming through the air and you see just the sheer wonder of like there are owls in the windows and it's just presented as a matter of fact but it helps you build up your picture of this world yes I, I like really simple writing that helps you imagine I um I kind of uh, one of the things in the uh, Andrea Stolp uh, songwriting video that I really took on board was the idea that um, using sensory uh, cues can be a really good tool with your songwriting. So that's why in Billy's Courage, I say I smell the bacon cooking, and there's like different sensory things in, in that song. Um, Sorry, I remember Saf has just walked in and walked out upon seeing that we're stood around the road, uh, phone talking. Uh, stood around the room. Yeah, we'll all be dead one day anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Well, to quote the sixth doctor, there's nothing quite evocative as one sense of smell, is there? Hmm. I like that thing that um, that Chris does, well, did with us one time, and I've started doing it more often, um, where you kind of think of, like, the things you can see, smell, hear, and all that stuff. Oh, the countdown. Yeah, that's a really good exercise. We're having him on the podcast tomorrow, so we should get him to talk about that. Yeah, we should. I mean, we were talking about, before we started with the phone here, we were talking about um, meditation. I think even that is is almost the most pure form of meditation, because it... There's nothing transformative about it. There's nothing that you're going on a big trip or anything, but you're bringing yourself anchored back into the present moment instead of having your thoughts go into the future and the past, and you can enjoy things more, and things are more vivid and rich. What do you think of that? Hey? Declan? <laughs> hey? <laughs> it's almost like a whole of you putting its country to your own. Um, I get that. I get the logic of that, but it doesn't... I, I, I don't personally feel it. Like you, you know what I feel. I'm a mind that works best under pressure. Sorry, there's a 
big yellow book over there at all Dodia? Let's roll. We're going to look at this. It's like the biggest book on the shelf over here. Oh, it's an art book. Oh. Jesus. This is heavy too, right? This is heavy. It's 12 pounds. You'd expect it to be heavy. Well, that's just the weight. Hey, folks. Oh, it looks like it's like an interview. So is this just all interview or is uh... It's mostly art, but there are little snatches of interview. You know, do you ever have those weird moments where you imagine what you'd lay your autobiography out like when you inevitably are rich and famous? Yes. <laughs> do yeah, you? I'm sure you do, right? Yes, I do, yeah. But I've always thought like I'd release mine as an audiobook, just a conversation with a mate. And just publish a script book of it. That's very you and a very good <laughs> idea, actually. I've never thought of that before. I like that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, even like this now, I think... I feel like the fact that we've got like a sort of third member of our group now, which is the listening audience, the few there may be, is um, it's conducive to us talking like that. Okay, we just found a book that I think Declan wrote the title to. <laughs> what is it? Your vigor for life appalls me. Either that or Darth Sidious. <laughs> <laughs> Boring. Oh. Ooh, I like that piece of thingy. I kind of like this. It's got pictures in it. That speaks to my mental age so well. Oh, look, a little baby pigeon. <laughs> a little baby pigeon. <laughs> Have you ever wondered why we're there? <laughs> right, no, I, six pounds. I couldn't have afforded that earlier. Maybe if we come back here again. Ow. You okay? I think my nervous system just snapped. It's too much, don't have me, I'm scared, mate. Yeah, we, we should come back here again. I, uh, I'm lucky I bought my... Well, really, the sentence should be, I'm lucky I bought my car, which means I can only have one drink, which means I can also buy a book. <coughs> oh, we were talking earlier about being proud of British culture uh, when you weren't listening. Uh, oh, I thought you me, then. <laughs> Great <laughs> I was British like... songwriters. Jimmy Page is a great British... Hmm. Hmm. I may take issue with that one. Okay, Declan, top five songwriters, go. Freddie Mercury... Uh, we literally did this as a podcast. Freddie Mercury, Alan Menken, Paul McCartney... Fuck, I can't remember the other two. Dave Grohl is probably going to have to be up there. And... Oh, picking five is difficult. We have done this before, though, so... Yeah, my answers are going to change. Um, of course. Frank Turner. Aha! Uh-huh. Speaking of Frank Turner, um, let's not say that. <laughs> Speaking of Frank Turner, listen to his music. Yeah, listen to his music. Mine changes all the time. The only constants I think are um, Paul McCartney, I love, John Lennon, I love. But they're just such obvious ones. They're obvious for a reason. Yeah, true. You know, um,. Uh, you know that podcast I listen to, Tuesdays with Stories? Yes. I've like told you about it once or twice. You probably have. Um, they do this kind of thing, and they call them satellite queefs. On their Patreon account, you get these satellite queefs. What are we queefs. doing now? We're doing a satellite queef, according to them. Well, fantastic. That's a new experience for me. It's good, and though. the music stopped. <laughs> Don't you feel like this is, like, enriching the entire experience of being in this bar? Oh no, he's not responding. He not, hates me. Not for the other patients. I wasn't responding because I was swallowing. The other patients? 
patrons. Oh, we're a piece of patients, we're not a mental institution. It's a Bible of boats. God, they try to make everything sound interesting, don't they? Well, to be fair, if you had to sell a boat repair book, how are you going to sell it? Selling it as the Bible. Boats with boobs. And ice cream, apparently. <laughs> I still don't know whether to make that line booties or boobies. No, it's boobies. It's my song. I don't no, know, I change it up. Every boobies. other time we play open mic, I, I say booties and then I say boobies. Yeah, well, when you say boobies, you're right. And when you don't, you're wrong. I feel like booties is more of like a millennial thing. I don't know. I, I I just think boobies is a better. It's something obscene. Well, not obscene. It's something risque, countered with something really innocent, which I think is quite funny. I think booties are more risque than boobies, though. Really? Because yeah, boobs are like they're such a ordinary juvenile thing to low boobs, but booties are more like. Yeah, but they got a bit of um. Sp- oh. The booby has kind of like an air of the booby. allure about it. Hi, Mum. <laughs> well, I, to be honest with you, between me, you, and the listeners here, I prefer a booty to a booby. I do. See, when you say booty, I just imagine <laughs> Those are my like my last words. <laughs> See, when you say booty, I just imagine like little babies walking around in like. Um, like uh, those like silk booties. Oh yeah, like yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. I don't like those. No, I'd be worried if you did. We should probably go in a minute. How to read I need to check this out. Okay, All right, cool. no worries. Well, that gives us a time limit. Why read Hitler? Why should we read Hitler? Certainly not for his qualities as a writer. His prose, <laughs> his prose is notorious for his grammatical inadequacies, his obscure South German idioms, uh, and its ill-phrased, ir- ambitious, ambiguous sentences. It gains nothing in translation, as generations of English-speaking historians have complained. Turgid, monotonous, and repetitive are the familiar terms that successive commentators have used to convey something of the flavour of his prose. So not only was he one of the worst human beings that's ever lived, he can't write. I like the way we're in the Hitler section too. You said in the Hitler section? Then. Yeah, I did. Look. Well, to be fair, he is one of the most important figures of the 20th century because he was an absolute cunt. And that's being very generous to Hitler. <laughs> what we want to call that episode, I think it's episode four, Four Cunts. Um, and I was like, I fork don't know if hunts. we should call it that, yeah. but you ended up calling it Fork Hunts. And we still managed to keep our uh, clean lyrics thing on uh, on iTunes. Idiots. <laughs> They'll never know. We should listen to this in the car on the way back. Yes, and then we'll decide never to release it. I think it's brilliant. I think we should do more stuff like this. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you, like, hate it and you just wish we were doing what we normally do, let us know. But also, if you like it, again, let us know. It'll be the first bit of correspondence we've received. <laughs> Don't tell them that. We're very popular. Actually, we had a couple of emails. Uh, not a couple of emails. We've had a couple of Reddit messages. We've had a couple of comments. So, they do mean a lot when they appear. Yeah. Plus, I mean, someone's listening to it. We're getting up there with the listens now. Like... 60 average per, per episode. It's it's weird to think that 60 people go out of their way to listen to us ramble. 
Well, I just realised now we're just in a bar congratulating ourselves on, yeah. <laughs> on 60 listeners, which is not, like, world-changing. <laughs> yes! Well, I'll toast to that! Oh, this is about as high as, as we're going in life. That was good beer. Let's taste it just like potion number nine. Potion number nine. And there's someone walking off with a guitar. He said his music stopped. Just shout Matt. Do it. Do it. No, I'm not suggestive to your suggestions. <laughs> you think I am? Right, I think this is basically where we're going to have to call it. So uh, we've been tipsy in a pub. Well, well I haven't. I'm getting there. <laughs> Officer Plod, I've just had one. One. What seems water. to be the officer properly? <laughs> oh, my cough still hasn't gone either. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see you in the future. Like, I, I don't know what this has to do with songwriting apart from exposing the two hacks who are doing this for you. Um, I think they probably like our rapport, don't they? And their our um, chemistry. <laughs> ha, ha. Comedy. <laughs> Tara. Tara. Thank you. No worries. Have a good night.